Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, I'm really excited for two reasons this week. I was the first one that we're doing on on video, um, and I'm really excited to have Kristen David on. Um, We've got kind of a, not... Not that we know a lot of the same people, but we have like this shared kind of background. Um, and she's the owner and founder of Up Leveling Your Business, and they empower business owners to build profitable, thriving businesses. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. We're uh, kindred souls that have never met previously. Yeah. But as you said, our lives are sort of intertwined with the uh, wine and bubbles and, and business. <laughs> yeah, totally. And you said you're not far from Battleground, right? Which is where... I grew up and my sister, she still lives in Yakult. So not that far, (laughs) not that far at all. Definitely a stone's throw. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Awesome. So what are you drinking today? Um, I wasn't able to get any wine to you, but um, I don't think that's a problem. (laughs) That's not a problem. So I am drinking some private family label, single barrel champagne from made by my stepfather, Dickie Rath. It's made with hundred percent Pinot Noir grapes grown in Oregon and um, yeah, we make a barrel every year of Pinot and a barrel of sparkly. So it's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you can't really go wrong with, with the Eras wine. I mean, really. <laughs> um, I unfortunately, I mean, I'm not unfortunately, but I'm drinking beer today. This morning, my husband made like our early morning, you know, run because everything that's going on right now. And I'm like, I need champagne. I need bubbles, blah, blah, blah. And he gets back and he didn't have any. He's like, oh, I forgot. I was like, well, I don't think it's essential enough. We've got beer. Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, so funny story. I actually, when I moved away, my mom owned and operated a winery growing up in Southern Oregon. And she, when I moved off to college, the first thing I started doing was making beer because, oh. you know, it's very similar to winemaking, but it's a lot faster process. Yes, and definitely. And as long as you get all your friends to show up and help make the next batch as we drink the last batch the cycle works really well. Yeah. So, you know, you put bubbles, it, it works. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, and it's so much cheaper. Like that's how, so we had a farm and then we also like started brewing beer, um, mainly because we were like, well, we need to save money and we also need like income in the winter. And so we started brewing beer for a long time and I had been making wine. I'm like, man, this is so much quicker. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, a much faster process. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> well, awesome. Um, so yeah, let's dive in. Um, you know, give us all your, your background, your story. How long have you been a small business owner? What it is, who it helps, you know, how'd you get into it? All that good stuff. So, uh, after I actually went to winemaking school in Bordeaux, France when I was 15, but despite all that, I wanted to be a lawyer. And so went through the schooling through law school and, uh, loved what I did as a lawyer. I represented doctors and surgeons and medical malpractice cases, lawyers and legal malpractice cases, but I was struggling with how to like really run a business. And, you know, it's great to be a technician, te- you know, professional schools teach you that aspect. It was like, how do you juggle everything else? And so 
I learned how to run a business like a business and mm-hmm. um, got in with a group, wrote my first business plan, doubled my business from 350,000 to 700,000 in nine months, oh. uh, reworked my business plan because I had hit my interim goal, reworked the business plan, doubled again in nine months to 1.4. But the best part about it was I learned how to systematize everything in my business mm-hmm. so that the the business actually ran without me. People knew what to do. And, and in fact, it, it made more money when I was gone than when I was home because mm-hmm. When you're a business owner, you tend to ask a lot of questions and my staff would be like, leave us alone. We know how to do our job. And at first I was like, ow. And then I thought, (laughs) wait, those are the greatest words you could ever hear as a business owner. Yeah. (laughs) So um, ran my, the law firm business for a while, but also started teaching all over the United States with this other organization, found I loved it. So I sold uh, my law firm went and uh, just worked exclusively with lawyers for about six years. Mm-hmm. And then I finally, I wanted to help so many more people. All my, my doctors and dentists were like, when are you going to come help us? Right. And so um, my new business, Up Leveling Your Business, has been in first, it's August 2nd, 2019, oh. I started it. So it's it's relatively new, but I'm mm-hmm. already up to six people. I've got two, I just hired two more coaches and we're thriving. We're profitable. Um, we're run on systems. It's one of my mandates for all the people we work with, but I'm just so blessed to, um, once you build a business successfully and profitably, you realize how, how easy it is to, to duplicate that and do it again and again. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's my biggest joy to like help other people quit being a slave to their businesses. I, I know I, no judgment zone. I used to work 85 hours a week and never take vacations. And now I, um, so I live a third of my year in Paris, a third of my year in Seattle and a third traveling. And then I come home to this, my parents place here in Vancouver. And, uh, you know, it's right now, obviously there's a lot going on in the world, staying out of Paris, staying out of Seattle. (laughs) But, uh, no, I mean, I'm blessed to have created a virtual business that is doing great. Yeah. So. Oh, that's so exciting. And I mean, I think, and that's huge because, you know, I think a lot of us get into our business because we're so passionate about the idea of what we're going to do that mm-hmm. missing some of those, those steps that you said, like processes and systems, mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard to kind of like come back to that after you've kind of established your habits, you know, um, so that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yes, we say all the time that it you know it, it takes a little bit of work to undo some of the bad habits. It's easier to start fresh. Uh, I, it's you know we all think oh we'll get to that later. Right. And the fact of the matter is is grab an app on your phone and next time you're explaining how to do something to an employee, just hit the record button and have it transcribed. And there's your new procedure. Right. That's awesome. That's a great and idea. Every single time you're constantly building equity in your business. So here's a little tip for listeners, for, for all business owners, uh, when you build those policies and procedures, they actually have a lot of value. Mm-hmm. So when I sold my law firm, my little policies and procedures book, it wasn't even an inch thick. It was a hundred thousand dollar negotiating point just for that Ooh. one asset, because it's what makes the whole business turnkey. It's right. what allows 
somebody else to be able to like, oh, we need to hire a new person. Okay, here's what we do. Yeah. Um, so yes, it's a little tedious at times, but it's what allows you to get so much off your plate and have freedom again. Yeah. So, do totally. it. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I like your tip that, you know, when you're doing it or when you're thinking about it, just a little at a time, you know, like you don't have to like sit and take a week to do it, you know, just start working it in, you know, or even the new employee you bring on, tell them that's part of their job oh. every day. They've got it. Like every time you explain something, they need to be taking notes and it by four o'clock at the end of the day, they have to have typed up at least three of them of awesome. the how to's for the day. Right. And slowly you start building it. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a little time, but a little, a little bit every day goes a long way. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, so do you have any other tips on um, maybe like how you balance like work and life? Like that's yeah. a constant battle, you know, for most of us. So <laughs> Always, always. And, and listen, as I'm onboarding new, new people to my team as well, we're virtual and you've just got to know that you're investing in your future. And mm -hmm. every time you train someone and you write down those procedures, it's going to claw back 10, 15 minutes of time, like every single week for the rest of the year. And so take those extra moments to like train someone else and delegate things appropriately. And mm -hmm. that gets you through a lot. But I would say the number one tip would be use a block calendar. So make the decision that Tuesday and Thursday mornings are admin mornings mm -hmm. or Monday and Wednesday afternoons, you're doing sales and marketing. If, if you're not actively doing sales and sales is different for everyone, it might be uh, signing up a client or it might be selling a product. But if you're not selling, you go to like a pad of paper that has all these marketing things you want to get to. Mm -hmm. And during that block, if you don't have an active client to talk to or be selling, great. Flip over to your marketing list and get some stuff done. Right. And you've got to balance between. So we do the four pillars of successful business management. So number one pillar is planning. A little planning goes a long ways. Mm -hmm. Number two is the marketing and sales. That's why I'm pushing it so hard because that's the part that keeps you building and thriving and, and clients, you know, cash flow is king. Uh, and then the third part is the management. That's where we get sucked in to the day-to-day -day operations. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of business owners get just sucked in all day long. Yeah. And the fourth pillar is those financial controls, which as you grow your business are really important because we've all been there and money comes in and money goes back out the door. Mm -hmm. And money comes Quickly. in, goes back out the door. And so, you know, you... As you grow your business, start with a little planning, do a bunch of the marketing and sales, then you get into the management piece and the day-to-day -day operation stuff, and then you deal with the financial controls and you just find that, you know, where that's going to work in the week for you. Um, for me on my block calendar, Thursday mornings. So for years, my bookkeeper at my law firm business would always have my key financial reports in a, a Dropbox folder for me by 10 p.m. on Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. And Thursday morning, I would review them and get on the phone with her every Thursday morning. And that worked perfect because I had all the information I needed all week long. I didn't have to fret or worry about it and say, nope, I, I've got time scheduled Thursday mm -hmm. morning to do the financial controls. And so instead of this open loop in the brain, you knew that it had a place to live and it would be there waiting for you on Thursday morning. And so, um, you know, just 
start making some rules for yourself on where to spend your time. And next thing you know, week by week, you're growing your business. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I recently had a, um, a time management coach on and she kind of same thing. Her biggest tip was, you know, batch, like make blocks, batch it. This is what you're going to do. And unfortunately I have not operated like that (laughs) for the longest time. And so I kind of started implementing it because at first it like overwhelmed me and I'm like, I don't know, you know, because I have a bunch of different clients and things come up, but it, I have been doing it for about three weeks now and it makes such a difference and it's just a relief. Like I would always like be writing to do's on my phone and now it's like, I don't know, having a little spot and it's not even like concrete because I'm still kind of working into it. Mm -hmm. It's made such a difference. Well, and, and a lot of companies and business owners, you know, they work with other people and, or like lawyers. So in my law firm business, we literally had from 11 to noon on the calendar for every single lawyer, every single paralegal fires mm-hmm. from 11 to noon. And that was to deal with whatever had popped up in the morning. So a client called with an urgent matter, the court called and was asking for something or for you, like a client's calling in, asking your help on something like you already have that hour planned in that, you know, something's going to pop up mm-hmm. and now you have a place for it to like get done Yeah, and you're not having to shift everything else of your day, trying to make time to get it done. Um, so yeah, I mean, just know things are going to pop up. Great. Let's just add a bucket time on there to, to deal with it. <laughs> mm-hmm, totally. And it's funny because even in like these weird uncertain times and things have been kind of not normal and, um, more so like dealing with a lot that I normally wouldn't yeah. even just having that kind of schedule has really calmed like, and it's just helped overall for sure. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was working with some clients and we were, they were home with their kids. And so they made a whole schedule for their kids and it was like, you know, seven thirty, get up, um, shower, make your bed, throw your PJs in the hamper, get dressed. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, eight o'clock breakfast, and 8.30 to 9.30 was like math exercise. And mm-hmm. then 9.30 to 10 o'clock was like go outside or get some exercise, you know. And then from whatever it was, 9.30 until 10.30 or, you know, another hour increment, mm-hmm. they had to do some reading time. And so the parent was able to like mimic that and would do like an hour of good work and mm-hmm. then would do the break with the kid and then an hour of good work. And and they actually reported that after a week, like they were getting more done having the structure of their kid there right. <laughs> than when they That's were funny. <laughs> well, it forced them to like sit down and actually do something for right. six minutes and they yeah. would be able to get so much done. So. Yeah. And knowing you have that cutoff, like you have that deadline for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of go, that will kind of go into my next question too. Like, do you have any apps or like automation or anything that you use, like to stay on track and to, you know, just keep your sanity. (laughs) Yeah. So mine is Evernote. You were talking about taking notes all the time. Mm -hmm. I am a huge Evernote fan because I can do it from my cell phone, Mm -hmm. my laptop, like no matter where I am, I can always um, like post my notes or take a snapshot of a business card from somebody I meet on an airplane or Mm -hmm. wherever. And it automatically saves all their data and it connects me on LinkedIn with the person automatically. So it automated the whole, like, I don't have to go back and type in their info or an assistant. I don't have to go friend them on LinkedIn. It automatically did it all. So, um, 
love Evernote. I also, my team and I use for like my marketing team and my, my coaches and such, we use Asana. Mm-hmm. I like Asana cause it's, you can share different, different projects with different people. Mm-hmm. And so that way you're not stuck with like your whole team having to like paw through all kinds of junk. Right. Um, and, and I've used Slack and I've used all kinds of different things over the years. I think part of it is everybody has to find their own version of what works, but I'm very, uh, results orientated. I always want things done. So Asana is great because we can tell whether the project's done or not done. Like the little check mark. I always love that. Like, Oh, I get to check it off. (laughs) Yep. So those are my two favorites that I, but I mean, we do, I'm big on, on automation and, mm-hmm. uh, can I share a little, a little tidbit on the five rules of profitability? Go for it. Okay. So <laughs> the five, there's five ways that you can increase your profits in your business. So they're the rules. R-U-L-E-S. R stands for your rates. So you can increase yeah. your rates, mm-hmm. um, for your product, your services, and you increase rates by giving more value. Mm-hmm. So find some extra things you can throw into a package deal or extra things your clients get. And that extra value is, is what makes people be more than happy to pay for your increased rates. Mm-hmm. U is utilization of your team. This means delegation. Don't have your top paid person answering telephones or doing, you know, the lower level tasks. Try to, you know, always delegate down to the lowest paid person competent to do the job mm-hmm. and always be training those people to do more and more. Mm-hmm. And they thrive and grow because they get to learn new things. I've had plenty in my law firm. We had receptionists that became paralegals, mm-hmm. right? They slowly worked their way up. And so always utilize your team. L is leverage technology. That's what got me started on this <laughs> is weird talk about automation, right? So you can automate, like even having a phone service here in Portland, Oregon, we've got Ruby receptionist who mm-hmm. is a huge provider of uh, virtual reception services to small business owners. And they're amazing, by the way, I've worked with them for years. They're great. And they can actually go in and ask some questions of your client, potential client and insert that directly into your practice management software or your CRM system. Mm-hmm. And so you're actually saving a half a human being from a year from having to retype all that data. Right. If we can automate those two leverage and put the two components together. Um, and let's say that's a $30,000 a year assistant. That's 15,000 of profit right, right there. Yeah. So anytime you can work on leveraging technology, you're going to mm-hmm. increase your profit margins in your business. Um, e is for expenses. Always keep a tight eye on your expenses. Make sure they're bringing you a three to five time return on investment. Mm, And S is speed of collection. The longer you have to go chase your money and you're having to pay a bookkeeper or someone else to go chase your money, you're losing profit right there. Yeah. And it's stressful and it's not fun. (laughs) Exactly. I I tell clients straight up, straight up front, listen, we're going to, we're going to automate this. We're, we got a system for billing. I love to do great work. I don't like being a bill collector. That's right. not, that's not where our happy places. So yeah, but yeah, so the five rules of profitability, um, I've seen hundreds of business owners go from like 6% profit margins to like 15 and 20% profit margins, oh, that's which awesome. is a huge difference in yeah. the, 
to what you take home. So that's a game changer. <laughs> have to look into those a little more. <laughs> um, well, yeah, thank you for sharing those. Cause I mean, it's just, you know, there's so many different ways we can increase our business and make it easier and more profitable and, and things like that, you know, which is what we all want really. <laughs> well, profit is, you know, a lot of people think of profit as a bad word mm-hmm. and it's not profit is what gives us opportunities and options as a business right. owner. You know, yes. Sometimes we'll take some of that profit and take it back and, and put it for our own benefit. But a lot of times we take that profit and we buy more software or more, more goods or hire more people mm-hmm. or do more marketing. Right. So profit is, and if you've got a 2% profit margin, you don't have very many options, right? right. So yeah. it's, 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 and that's the part that, you know, it, I, it kind of makes me sad because I, I've been there where every month it was like, we were barely making it. And mm-hmm. And I know so many business owners get stuck there. I mean, it's, and it's miserable. And yet when you get to the other side of that and you see how easy it is to run a profitable business, you're like, wow, why didn't I do this sooner? I mean, heck, I wish, I mean, the first eight years of my law firm business, I was struggling and it was like, why do we have to work so hard? And then, yeah. So that's why I'm passionate about helping other business owners. Cause it's like, please just get to the other side. It's right. so much better. <laughs> right. It's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's stressful, you know, one, just running your own business, being your own boss, all these different things. So, I mean, if you're, if it financially is taxing as well, it's just overall, it's just it's so hard. It's so stressful, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. and so do you just help like lawyers and doctors and like, in so, major- like, my focus has been, um, starting off was definitely the professionals because mm-hmm. I, I know what it's like. I, I've represented doctors, dentists, chiropractors, you know, so many of those professionals, but honestly, so many business owners have come to us that we're helping from, uh, tech companies to, uh, coaches, online coaches, mm-hmm. um, just the whole gamut. And the bottom line is the four pillars of successful business management. It, it's the same for everybody. It's, right. it's the foundation. And, mm-hmm. uh, I actually just published a book earlier this year on that. And it was, uh, up level your business, up level your life. Because mm-hmm. if you learn how to put that foundation in place in your business, it like naturally carries it over to your life and your whole life gets better. Yeah. And so, yeah, my goal is to, I, I wish like they taught that book in every single high school these days. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> totally. Um, I was just making a note cause I'm going to put that in the podcast notes. Awesome. Yay. Um, well, yeah, I'm going to check it out too. And then, um, so yeah, so you mentioned marketing. Um, so what's your favorite or most effective way that you market your business? This is like my favorite question just cause like, you know, my background. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can, I can understand that. Um, so number one, I would say you've got to have a, a, a marketing plan. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to know your audience. Uh, so if we take a couple of, per, of different personas, you might have Ned and Nellie, the newlyweds, and they're maybe much more on Facebook and social media and doing, you know, more Instagram, things like that. Mm-hmm. You, or you, your persona might be someone like Paul and Paula, the professional. Mm-hmm. right? And they might be much more LinkedIn. 
working with their colleagues, if they want a referral, their influencers are other professionals. Mm -hmm. Uh, They may not go directly online and Google search for somebody. They're going to ask around, Hey, does anybody know somebody like X or Y? Right. Uh, If your target audience might be Ed or Edna, the established elderly couple, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's, you know, estate planning or financial services or whatever it might be, right? Again, they're going to have a different audience. And so your, your, your target marketing might be totally different. I, I do a lot with social media. So Mm -hmm. my, my personal, like for what I'm doing with my business right now is social media with referrals because having worked with over 1500 business owners, there's so many people that have sat in four day workshops with me and are happy to like introduce me to other people. I've mm-hmm. got a referral program I use. And um, in fact, I taught a webinar and I shared it with everybody. I'm like, copy it. It works yeah. because referrals are one of the best ways to get clients and it's low cost, highly yeah. effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're also always kind of casting the net wider and farther, you know, and reminding people you exist. Right. So, you know, I think every business owner needs to evaluate what should be their most effective marketing for some Mm -hmm. it's social media for some it's, it's the one-on-one networking, picking up the phone, calling referral sources. Mm -hmm. So for me, I I engage a lot on social media because that's where my audience is often hanging out. So that's, (laughs) and it's fun. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's true. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you said all that because, um, you know, I've, I have like a training like just a freebie that I give out and it's all about your foundation. And it is, it's like everything you just said about your persona, like where are they hanging out? What's their income? Like what are their hobbies? You know, and knowing who you're talking to and where they're at makes your marketing so much easier and more effective. You know, I so hope everybody sits down and gets that from you because it's, I mean, honestly, it's, it's kind of what I said about the planning a little bit goes a long way. Totally. Right. If they just spent like grab a, glass of bubbly or exactly. beer, right? beer, anything, that 15, 20 minutes, you can bang out so much of who do you need to market to and right. where are they hanging out? What are they reading? Who's yeah. influencing them? That all that. So, uh, yeah, I, we, I've definitely, I practice what I preach. I've got mm-hmm. my whole business plan, my marketing plan. And, you know, we reevaluate that and say, okay, is it, is yeah. it working? But Thankfully, gratefully, it is a working yeah, well. Yeah, and that's true too. I mean, that's that's key to like revisit it every once in a while, you know, like just to make sure everything is still relevant and you're talking to the right people and what you're saying is resonating with them. So I yeah. totally agree. So awesome. Um, so what do you do to like get out of your comfort zone to grow your business? And like what you have any tips for um other business owners that can do that? Yeah, so Um, when you're feeling on top of the world, that's the best time to write a business plan Mm -hmm. because you reach for the stars and then you build a marketing plan that goes with it. And then on those days when things get scary and you feel uncomfortable, (laughs) which it will, (laughs) you know, it's, you know, you've made the plan and then you're supposed to execute, but there's days that you're going to get scared. And that's where having an accountability partner. Yeah. To say, whoa, 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 why, why are you so scared to do this? Remember, we created the plan. Just keep with the plan. Right. Um, you know, when I was building my uh, seven-figure law firm business, there was a day where I just hit a wall and I felt like nothing was working. 
Um, somebody hadn't followed one of the procedures, something else went wrong. And I just was like, maybe I should just quit. Maybe mm-hmm. I should just give away this business. It's not working. Like I was just struggling. And my coach at the time was like, Kristen, <laughs> grab your keys. You got to leave for two or three days, take a break. Mm-hmm. Your business is actually running better than you think. You need to chill out, right? Like, <laughs> So having somebody to like call you on your BS, right. Can, you know, but to get out of the comfort zone in the first place, you gotta, and it really crush those goals, like really get after it, have a good plan that you believe in that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like when you can see it, one of the things I do with clients, we do like a visual business plan and we map it out quarter by quarter by quarter. And each quarter, the rectangle gets a little bigger Mm-hmm. because you're growing your business. And when people can see it and they believe in it, I think that also helps to like, okay, it's scary to hire a marketing assistant, but the plan says that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. And if I want to get to the next step, that's what I got to do. And so that's going to help you kind of like propel you is when you can see it and believe it. Yeah. Totally. I'm such a visual person. So I have like my content calendar that I look at that like opens. And then I also like have one on my wall. Like I just have to like constantly yeah. be able to see it, you know, because it's so easy to get sidetracked or like, you know, a bad day. And you're just like, oh, this isn't working. But then you like look and it's, it's actually like kind of usually going as, as you plan. It just doesn't seem like it in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, um, can I actually share my screen for a minute? Sure. Um, let me. Okay. I think it'll let me. Yay. There we go. Can you see that? I can. So this is an example of a visual business plan I where you it. quarter by quarter, you say how many new clients of part A, part B, part C, mm-hmm. um, who, what staffing do you need to hire quarter by quarter by quarter? That's what awesome. systems are you going to build quarter by quarter? What marketing will you need quarter mm-hmm. by quarter? And so you can see like overall, what's your little plan? And then yes. you know what you need to execute on every quarter. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's so perfect. I mean, yeah, it makes total sense. So the, to your point of, you know, what do you got to do to like crush your goals? You map it out and then you know what? You hold yourself accountable to like get it done. Right. And Which is simple, but can be yeah. so hard sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Um, so now we're down to your favorites. Um, your favorite book, favorite drink, favorite place to go, thing to do to relax and thing to watch. And I'll think okay. I got that. Yeah. I'll, I can go over them again too. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my goodness. So many different ones, but so books, um, mm-hmm. my current fave is three vital questions by David Emerald. Oh, I haven't heard of that awesome. one. Okay. It's great. Um, he did the empowerment dynamic teaching you how to go from being like a victim into a creator and a coach and challenger and such. Um, but it's a workplace one and it's just great. Um, you know, there's always the traditional e-myth and built to sell and Mm -hmm. you know, those ones, but three vital questions is definitely like, I read it last year and I reread it and I still just one of my top books right now. So awesome. Okay. I love it. Um, Drink favorite drink, champagne. Champagne. I'm a total bubbles girl. Um, especially I'm, spoiled in that when we live in, when we're in Paris, um, we've gotten to go up to Champagne region and oh, we've got so some cool. friends that have wineries and such. And so I'm always, uh, I, 
I love good Oregon Pinot Noir, but bubbles mm-hmm. are, are definitely my thing. <laughs> yeah. It sounds amazing. I've never been over there. Like I, it's a life goal to get over there. And my daughter, she's nine. She's like obsessed with Ferris right now. I'm like, we, nobody's ever been like, <laughs> but uh, like, she's been reading books about it. And so, um, hopefully one day we can all go. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let me know where, um, I actually, unfortunately, was supposed to be doing a Paris experience workshop for business owners the first week of April. Oh. And I had to postpone. I had a whole bunch of people excited. And the fun thing was it was all about scaling your business. Yeah. And so every day was an interactive thing. We took them to a cooking class or the plan was to take them to a cooking class one day to talk about procedures and, and how you expand your yeah. business using like recipes and such. Oh, that's um, a great like analogy. That's perfect. Another day was I was taking him to a Michelin star restaurant mm. because there's all the, all the lessons about getting a Michelin star, but right. then keeping a Michelin star, if one employee drops a fork, your whole Michelin star is gone. If that, in, if the, the inspector is there that day, it's I didn't like, even know you could get it taken away. I thought like oh, once yeah. you got it, you get it. Oh no, no, no. Oh, oh it gets, oh, and trust me, I know that. restaurant owners like break down when they get lose a star. Um, but that means you got to attract like the top, top talent. Like, right. It is so important to find only the best people to come work for your, your restaurant. There's a lot riding on it. Yeah. So a whole bunch of lessons about like finding great people anyways, because of the coronavirus, unfortunately we had to postpone till the fall Mm. for that workshop. But yes, I love getting people to Paris. So you should definitely come. Yeah, definitely. At least in the fall, y'all would have like harvest, you know, like that could be a whole other fun element. (laughs) That's what I love about like, I mean, I miss about being in the wine industry. Just like, I don't know, that excitement of the grapes coming in, the smells, and you just don't know, you know, what's going to, what's going to be like that year. Just love that. It's it's a lot of work, but you get to enjoy the fruits of your labor for the rest of the year. (laughs) So... Totally. Um, So would you say, would would Paris be like one of your favorite places to go or do you have like a different one that that would be your no favorite. I I Paris is one of my top places I mean I've gotten I've been fortunate to do a lot of traveling mm-hmm. and Paris just has especially when you're able to spend more than just like two or three days and, and you're able to just kind of settle in go to the farmers markets walk yeah. along the Seine and just be Parisian a little bit yeah. I mean just relax and not be so frantic it's a delightful city so yeah. I always want to go and do the pastries like pastries and coffee are like my favorite <laughs> But there you go. We'll send you to pastry school. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Well, for a while when we had our farm, like I learned how to bake bread. And so I would do like the artisan bread. I would do like 48 in a weekend and we would take it to the farmer's market. So, but after that, I kind of stopped baking, but I'm going to get back into it because <laughs> we did that yeah, for that, years. And I was like, production. I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do you do to relax? So I, I do like to read a lot, but I will mm-hmm. say um, my mother is very artistic. And so I I like to pull out my watercolor paints and do watercolor painting. And all, all the people that know me know that I'm always knitting. I knit through seminars. I knit on the train. I knit all the time. So um, knitting is another part that just, I can listen to audiobooks mm-hmm. and knit. And so... Um, yeah, the, the knitting and the watercolor painting are my two kind of fun things to do. Nice. Um, my husband just got into knitting this winter because he's a mountain biker. And since it was snowing, he couldn't really get out. And oh my God, we have like a hundred beanies now. Like, like we don't need any more. Like it's almost summer. 
<laughs> but he did some blankets. He's done like a, um, a bib for a friend that had a baby. Like, it's really cute. Like he's like actually like ordering books and I'm like, we don't need any more yarn, but um, it's everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, it seems like it's really fun and soothing. I, I did it a little bit, but I don't know. It hurts my fingers after a while. Yeah, until you get used to it. Um, one of my close friends has really been spearheading here in Oregon, the Hat Not Hate uh, oh. event, and it's it's the anti-bullying campaign for kids. Okay. And so the everybody's knitting blue hats, and in... Uh, I think September, October, mm -hmm. they hand them out at the schools oh, and cool. okay. to remind people to, you know, wear hat, not hate. And, yeah. um, so it's a big thing. So we've been all busy making blue hats to give out to the schools. That's awesome. I might have to get in touch with you off of this to learn more. Cause my, my husband, same thing. He's like, could I make hats for like babies in the hospital or like who yeah. could take these hats? Because he really is making a lot. Yeah. So awesome. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, yay. <laughs> um, I think that was, was that it? Was that all of the questions, the favorites? Could, look at my notes. I was trying to do it like off memorization today. It was the first time. Oh, your favorite thing to watch. That would be the last one. Oh boy. You know, I don't, we watch a variety of movies, but I don't really get into like weekly TV shows because yeah. I'm always, I listen to, so one of my goals is to listen or read five books a month. Oh, nice. So again, we're often listening to audiobooks and mm -hmm. such, but, um, we'll definitely pull on some movies, but yeah, not, I'm not as much of a like TV series person. Yeah. So. Yeah. I see there. Like we have Netflix, but I mean, yeah. I don't know. We don't do like a whole lot of that. Like I watch reruns of Arrested Development just because that's one of my favorites. <laughs> it's not anything new. <laughs> um, awesome. So where can everybody find you? Like what's your website, social media, yeah. all that good stuff. Yeah. So upleveling and on uh, Facebook, it's the.kristen.david, K-R-I-S-T-E-N dot David, D-A-V-I-D. Okay. Uh, LinkedIn is just Kristen David, Instagram, the Kristen David, uh, kind of went ballsy when I went out on my own and, uh, did the, the Kristen David up leveling your business. And you know what, when you're going to be a business owner, you got to be bold and you mm -hmm. got to stand up and tell people that you exist and right. have a lot of fun with it. And so, um, yes, I'm all over on social media, YouTube, you know, I love, repurposing things. So mm -hmm. I love to do videos. And so I'll do like the YouTube videos and my team will transcribe the videos. Those could become blogs. Those mm -hmm. can then become all the social media snippets. I'm big on giving lots of information out on yeah. media and online. So yeah, plenty of ways for people to find me and, uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I, I love talking about business and drinking bubbles. I know. Yeah. That's like the best part. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. And like I said, um, thanks for bearing with me on my first video. I've just noticed how much I play with my hair, talk my hands, but, but it's been so much fun. Um, so awesome. So thank you. And thank you everybody for listening.